When you were training for football or other sports, did you ever like, you know, run the fartlicks? So not a knife, but what about a spatula? Nelson Mandela is named after Machine Gun Kelly. But I was asking because Marcus Aurelius, right? He he started this whole Spartan philosophy. How about the word Polish? You capitalize it and suddenly it's Polish. I don't know why I thought of fondue because that doesn't have A-R-T. I'm going to go with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Hello, everyone. Smart drivel time. Co-host Kurt Schneider here with your partner in podcasting, John Ellenthal. Hello, Kurt. Hello, everybody. I thought you were going to say partner in crime. Actually, by using the word partner, I gave a clue about what today's episode will focus on, Kurt. <laughs> Excellent. The truth is, I did that by accident, though. I only wish I had done it on purpose. <laughs> So today we had such a fun time last week talking about just words that we like and then having the other person have to come up with a word train, baby. Exactly. So I was thinking about that today because there was something that we discussed last week when I mentioned to you a fact that I knew, which is the letter E is in more words than any other letter in English language. So then as I was walking my dog in the park this morning, I was thinking, what word sits within tons of other words that are fun that have nothing to do with the actual original definition of the word? I don't know, but you just startled me, Kurt. <laughs> right. You're getting there. Okay. So the word, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the word art. We're going to start there. The only thing I know about art is how to spell it. So hopefully this is a word game and not a discussion of the French Impressionists. Well, we have discussed art in the past. If you know, we've talked about Edvard Munch. We've talked about Kandinsky. We've talked about Edward Hopper. We've talked about a bunch of different let me Let me clarify. You have talked about those things. I know very <laughs> little about art, but I do know how to spell it. So the word art is three letters. And probably people use it in some form or another in Wordle every day, since I think the world has such a fascination with words because of Wordle, which is fantastic. Well, so, I think the world has fascination with Wordle because the world has fascination with words. I would reverse those two things. Did I articulate that clearly, Kurt? Wow. Okay. So what you are doing correctly is what we're going to do today. We're going to start with the word art and we're going to say, okay, art, we all know what it is. It is a feeling. It's an emotion. It's a product. Art can be music. Art can be painting, art can be poetry, art can be anything. And then we're going to not know as art. And then we're going to say, fine, let's come up with words that have the word art in that correct order, A-R-T, within them. Okay. Why don't you go first, my counterpart? <laughs> well, I was driving my go-kart the other day, and I stumbled upon a party. Actually, it was in the afternoon, so it was a what the college crazy kids call a darty. Well, I think it's cute that you found some really short words with the word art in it. When you say you stumbled upon, it made me think of the fact that you've had arthroscopic surgery on your arthritic knee. Those are multi-syllabic words, Kurt. Not that well, yours weren't, but yours were cute. So if you start that way and you think... Like, a good so one with start. I start. There you go. 
and not shart. We're not talking about that. Oh, God. Let's leave shorts out of it. What was your favorite cartoon growing up, Kurt? The Flintstones. There's no art in there. No, but cartoon was the word with art in it. <laughs> Do you consider cartoons to be an art form? Yes, for I sure. I don't see why not. I love the Flintstones, too. That was a great show. Now, that is a little bit of a callback to a previous episode because the Flintstones was part of a pair of animated series produced by Hanna-Barbera. They were basically family sitcoms. The first was rendered in prehistoric times, the Flintstones. The other was rendered 100 years in the future, the Jetsons. Yes. I think there's something artistic about that. In my, I'm going to go with, yes, it's art. I think it is art, though. It doesn't have to be art as you define it. But if you think about <laughs> art, and I was just now, I was like, okay, what's another word? Well, there's Mart, as in Walmart. But then you say, wait a second, the Flintstones, they had Kazoo, who was a Martian, Martian. And then if you get there, you, of course, go to the theory, the theme of all of our podcasts, Martini. Now, that is not our theme of all of our podcasts. That is a personal passion of yours that is never more than a few sentences away from your lip. In fact, it's probably embedded in your heartbeat, Kurt. Heart. Now, H-E-A-R-T, not H-A-R-T, which is like a deer that people used to shoot with like bows and arrows in medieval England. Oh, speaking of medieval England, I'm going to the White Horse Tavern tonight. In New York City, in the West Village? Yeah, so I will not be having a martini there. I will be having a beer or two or three. Why are you going there? I'm meeting a friend. Oh, very nice. Very Actually, nice. I'm meeting the friend who brought back the word pomplamoose from France that enabled us to start last week's episode. Do you know what made the White Horse famous? I mean, a lot of things, but a famous artist died. He was a drunk stumbling after his last meal. They're stumbling out on the sidewalk. Do you know who I'm talking about? Art Vandelay. <laughs> that's good. Vandelay, that's uh, from Seinfeld. No, Dylan Thomas. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. In fact, they used to have in the early 90s and late 80s, you could get the Dylan Thomas meal, which happened to be his last meal. And it was like three beers and a burger or something like that. Did he die because there was something wrong with his arteries? <laughs> No, <laughs> it could be because he couldn't get a cartographer to draw him a map, which is what he was looking for. But anyway, you know, he wrote that famous poem, Rage, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. You know what that was about? Raging Against the Dying of the Light. It was basically for his father to not give in as he was dying and wanted him to rage, rage against the dying of the light. Before he died, as he stumbled onto the sidewalk, he departed the White Horse Tavern, part. Good use of the word departed. May I ask you some questions about your football career? <laughs> yes. Did you ever play quarterback? Yes. And when you were the quarterback, did you make it to the quarterfinals? <laughs> yes. To see who was going to get the ball, we flipped a quarter. Exactly. And did were you the quarterback on your kindergarten team? <laughs> no, but I did get sacked a lot into the earth. Well, sacked almost were there, but Earth is a good one. And, you know, when it was really cold, we'd go back home, sit by the fire, we'd sit by the hearth. <laughs> when do you think the death of bipartisanship took place, Kurt? Oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> uh, I will tell you when it did. 
when we first started this country, there was no bipartisanship. There was no two parties. It was singular because Washington said, we're not going to have that. And he and Adams were the only two presidents who did not have a political party affiliation. Well, that's true. In fact, I think we discussed at one point that Washington was the only one who was ever elected to the presidency unanimously. You mean by the Electoral College? Did that exist back then? It did. Do you have any chartreuse clothing, Kurt? I'm not sure your chartreuse is really a good color for you. So chartreuse is like that neon green, right? That I think see. so. Have you ever had the alcohol, a green chartreuse? I have not. What is it's it? Like an, it's an after dinner drink. And put it this way, if you're, if you're accepting a green chartreuse, you've probably had too much to drink at dinner already. And then you get this stuff. I'm sure it's not that. I'm sure it's kind of benign. But the times I've had it, it has not helped top off the evening. I've got nothing against the color green per se, but I don't like eating or drinking green things. Like all those, all those healthy drinks where they like mow your lawn and then put it in a blender. And that's just not, I don't like drinking green things, Kurt. Well, what about on uh, St. Patrick's Day? I mean, I'm willing to put some food coloring in there for the holidays, sure. But I just, green and drinking, I don't think go well together. No. Who started the tradition of painting the, not painting, dyeing the Chicago River green? I don't know, but I've seen that, and that is an absolute pisser. I bet if you were there on St. Patrick's Day and they were turning the river green, I bet you would be doing cartwheels, Kurt. <laughs> oh, you're back to the ART. See, it's amazing. The podcast, Kurt. Well, it is. So, look, if we were to chart all the times we use the word art, we would have to depart our senses because it would be way too much for us to handle, and we'd have to get into a cart, and we might even grow some warts. Warts, 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 warts <laughs> which which are actually much easier to get rid of than warts. But don't you think what that this is probably... John's wart, by the way, I never knew what that was. Is that like, like, like a vitamin you take? It's like a herb and you can put it in your milkshakes. It might turn your it might turn your drink green, by the way. But but just and think about that. Is it is it called St. John's wart? W.O.R.T. OK, but what is a wart? W.O.R.T. So in this podcast. I know it doesn't fit the ART, but what is it? St. John's Wort. It's like an herbal thing. It's an, not an herbal enema, but an herbal remedy. Does it make you uh, fart? Speaking of which, the word I only wart, said that for one reason, having to do with the theme of the podcast, or else I would not be saying stuff like that on our podcast, Kurt. Right. So thinking about St. John's Wort made me think of the word whorl, W-H-O-R-L. When do you use that word? Like to do, you, I don't even know what it means, Kurt. I believe a whorl is the pattern on your your fingerprint. I believe that circular pattern is called a whorl, W-H-O-R-L. And I'm not familiar with that one. And you have unique fingerprints. Everyone has their own unique fingerprint. And I think it's because of the whorl that's out there. When you were training for football or other sports, did you ever like when you were doing your training, you know, run the fart licks? The what? You've never heard of the fart licks? No. Are you being serious now? Being serious. So it's, it's no joke. It's a training regimen. It's spelled F-A-R-T-L-E-K. And it, it, I think it's Swedish and it means speed play. And it's basically continuous training with, with interval training. Well, the answer is yes. And we probably did 
have some gaseous emissions as well. Well, it's basically a mix of fast running and slower periods of running. It's basically intervals, but it's a much more fun way to say intervals, especially if you're doing a podcast about words that have ART in it. Because interval would not work. No, the word fartlek was what I was referring to. Bob Dylan, I believe he took his name because of Dylan Thomas. You know, I, I hope he did because... That sounds really nice. Well, he was born Bobby Zimmerman in Duluth, Minnesota, or or Hibbing, Minnesota, outside of Duluth. And uh, he came to New York. I think he went to Cafe Wa in the Greenwich Village, which I think is also where Jimi Hendrix got his start. But he changed his name to Bob Dylan. It was better than Bob Zimmerman. And uh, I think it's in homage to Dylan Thomas. So that would be cool. So, I mean, that is someone naming themselves after you is pretty damn good homage. I wonder if there's anyone naming themselves among our listeners or perhaps children that they're having, not while they listen to the podcast, but during the term of their listenership, might yeah. name their children after you or me. What do you think? Or after Drivel. You know, I remember when it was like the 25th anniversary of ESPN, they did like a big show about it and it was kind of a big deal. And they actually went out and interviewed a bunch of parents who actually named their children for real birth certificate and all Espen spelled E-S-P-N. Could you imagine naming your child Espen? I love it. It's kind of like the Dylan Thomas thing. You're out to dinner. It's time for dessert. The waiter comes by or the the waitress or waiter comes by and says, would you like to see a dessert menu? And you're not sure. So you sort of, you know, swap glances with the other people at the table and someone inevitably says, yeah, we'll look. So you're looking at the menu. You're choosing between key lime pie, your favorite, chocolate lava cake, or tartufo. What are you having? I'm just having an apple tart. That was not one of the choices. Yeah, I did that. That's also ART in there. I, I did actually get that. That was a nice artifact of do our you, conversation. <laughs> do you think Dylan Thomas is the most famous Welsh person? How about... A famous Welsh person. He's probably not the most famous Welsh person. Can you actually think of anybody else? Well, Tom Jones. And wasn't Richard Burton also Welsh? I mean, I think those are three. I'm going to go with Richard Burton was Welsh. I'm going to go with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Perhaps she's not the most famous, but she's certainly better looking than the people you've mentioned before. How about Anthony Hopkins? He's Welsh. He is. Do you know yeah. what they called Richard Burton? Someone, someone in the press called him a beautiful ruin because he was drinking too much and he was this beautiful human and the drinking sort of got to him. So he was called a beautiful ruin, which then became the title of a great book that I recommend to everyone. A nice fiction book because I don't read nonfiction. Beautiful ruin. I'd have to go among the people we mentioned. I'd have to go with Richard Burton as the most famous among the people that we okay. mentioned. I think it's going to be Tom Jones, just so you know. Well, how do we find oh. out? I mean, have you heard any of his songs? The guy, and he used to perform in really tight white pants in the 70s and talk about, you know, the green, green grass of home and talk about it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Anyway, Tom Jones. <laughs> no A-R-T in there, but Tom Jones. There's definitely that. Well, maybe his middle name was like, well, maybe his middle name was Bart. I think the Welsh have, I think the Welsh have leaks on the back of their pound coins. And I, I, if you're if you're saying that that's what your country is known for, that's kind of tough. 
I still think that, I mean, gosh, Dylan Thomas, Richard Burden, they're both insanely. So we'd like to hear from our listeners on this one because anything we come up would just be artificial because we're just trying to win an argument. Canarfin Castle, is that ART? No. I played Capture the Flag in Canarfin Castle. We weren't allowed to, but we did. Speaking of foreign countries. Yes, like Wales. You you did mention Wales. Yes. Turning our attention to South Africa. How happy are you that they no longer have the government of of apartheid? Yeah. Is apartheid? How does that? How does that? A-P-A-R-T. Apartheid. Nicely done. Have you ever been to Cape Town? No, but I've been apart from it for a while. See, I'm using short ones and you're using these very long ones. Yes, and there seems to be a pattern. What about the word repast? Oh, no, that doesn't have A-R-T in it. Oh, while you continue to think of a longer A-R-T word, I want to tell you that should you go to Cape Town, which I hope you do, you can take a short boat ride to Robin Island where Mandela Nelson was. Mandela, whose middle name was Bart, was in prison for all those years. It's extraordinary. <laughs> I can't think of a word that has A-R-T in it. Machine Gun Kelly. The rapper? Yeah, but he's named after Machine Gun Kelly. Nelson Mandela is named after Machine Gun Kelly? Well, here's how I got there. No, Nelson Mandela made me think of Babyface Nelson, who I think ran in a gang with Machine Gun Kelly. You realize you didn't say the Babyface Nelson part out loud, making it very difficult to follow that thought process. So... Nelson Mandela, Babyface Nelson, not Nelson Rockefeller, but Babyface Nelson. And I believe Babyface Nelson and Machine Gun Kelly were in like Al Capone's gang. They were all around the same time. Were any of them bartenders? Nicely done. I took it from Nelson Mandela's middle name, Bart, and I went to bartender. But some of them did have artificial intelligence. I think it's pretty seriously shocking that artificial intelligence can actually feel Heartfelt. Okay. I'll give you that one. It's not a very good one, but... Can we talk a little bit about artificial intelligence for a second? Sure. So are you in favor of it or are you scared shitless about it? I'm pretty scared of it. It's, you know, we, we had this debate about technology at one point. And the reality is every time a new technology comes along, there are good things and bad things about it. And it's largely a function of the motives of the person or people who are using it. Like I gave you the example that is a knife, a good piece of technology. Yeah, it's probably necessary for survival under certain conditions. If you stab somebody with it, pretty bad piece of technology. An airplane, pretty cool. Airplane basically collapsed distance. You fly it into the Twin Towers and you got yourself a bad piece of technology. So So not a knife, but what about a spatula? C-A-R-T, spartula, they used to flip pancakes. Yes, the spartula, which is very popular in... Oh, but the Spartans were pretty damn cool fighters. Okay, well, that's good. Spartans is a very good one. Now, the spartula, which is not very popular here in the U.S., although, you know, they probably have a spartula in, in Britain. I bet you you could buy a spartula for just a few farthings. So the spar- farthings, excellent. So the spartula, spatula, Spartans. Spartula. We have so, now named a new kitchen utensil the spartula. Well, it's kind of like the spork. I don't want to be a braggart. I imparted that knowledge to you just then and there. I should write an article about that. Oh, but the Spartans were pretty damn cool fighters. There are all these different republics that are known for different things. 
So like the Athenians were known for politics and others were known for cooking and others were known for philosophizing. Others were known for this. The Spartans were known for fighting. So then how did we go for known from fighting the Spartans into that word? Something is Spartan, meaning like it's not overly decorated, overly. But I was asking because Marcus Aurelius, right? He started this whole Spartan philosophy and he was a emperor in the Roman Empire, you know, hundreds of years after the Spartans. Well, again, I don't want to be a braggart, but Marcus Aurelius started the Stoic philosophy, not the Spartan philosophy. (laughs) Now, I appreciate, Kurt, that the Stoics, the word Stoicism does not have an ART in it, whereas Spartan. So, you know, there are very few people who can sort of bend history and bend reality to fit their particular narrative. In fact, the truth is there probably are a lot of people who do that. So I don't think it's that rare. But so the reason why I got you are taking us into uncharted waters, Kurt. Yes. Thank you. So stoicism is a little bit like Spartanism. Yes. It's it's lesser well-known, you know, alternative name. They're basically synonyms here on smart dribble. Hey, smart. The word smart has it in it. Oh, here's a weird thing. And I think that someone who came up with these words were not sapiosexuals, John. They were the opposite. They did not like intelligent people. You know why? Some who like them. They did not find them sexually attractive. Okay. Sapio, as you taught me recently, sapiosexual is that when someone finds someone else's intelligence to be sexually attractive. So interestingly, so the word smart means intelligent, right? Quick-witted, etc. But if you just add an S to the end, and that smarts, that hurts. It's something completely different. And I think whoever came up with that word did not like intelligent people, was sort of offended by them. So I said, okay, well, start with the word smart on one end, meaning intelligent person. But if something hurts, we're going to call it smarts just to give a little dig to the intelligent people. Well, and that's the fun thing about words. It doesn't take much to change their meaning a lot. In fact, obviously, there are plenty of words that already mean multiple things, some of them contradictory. How about the word polish? You capitalize it and suddenly it's Polish. That's a pretty big change just by capitalizing it. Kurt, you talk a lot about post-World War II New York City. You have a highly romanticized notion of New York City at that point. Back then, did men wear garters to hold their socks up? (laughs) Garter. I like a gardener steak. No, 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 no. (laughs) Garden. Well, the gardener steak is actually an incredibly important symbol in, in Spartanism. I think that Marcus Aurelius went to the Parthenon an awful lot. Oh, well done. A little golf clap for Parthenon. Do you know that I spent my 18th birthday at the Parthenon in Athens on a school trip? Uh, okay. Not the Pantheon. All right, John. I think we have... I would like uh, you, before we end up here, let me stop you there. Exhausted. I would like you to use the word sartorial in a sentence. I had just gone to Savile Row and got a bespoke suit and a beautiful ascot. When I left there, I decided I am the definition of sartorial splendor. That is absolutely the case. And so I know you were about to wrap up this particular episode. Oh, because sartorial has art in it, A-R-T. Was there another reason you thought I might have brought that up? Because I'm curious. (laughs) You might think I'm well-dressed. Well, you can be well-dressed. And... Even though we are recording this podcast from our respective apartments, wherever Kurt and I are, are basically the headquarters of Smart Dribble. So from Smart Dribble headquarters, thank you for being a part of Kurt and my 
Thank you for be- yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being a part of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed Kurt and my repartee. Repartee, A-R-T. There you go. I wonder how I many A-R-T I- words we used. You should go back and listen and count them. I don't know why I thought of fondue, because that doesn't have A-R-T in it. Well, it does, depending on what you dip into the fondue. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it'll get you later on. Let's say you dipped a... You could dip a radish in there. Nope, that's not A-R-T. That's not going to do it. You know what you could dip into the fondue to make it an A-R-T word? You could dip an artichoke Excellent. into the fondue. Excellent. I and love it's probably time for you and I to make our departure yes. from this particular <laughs> episode. We do not want to be martyrs. We just want to complete our episode, wrap things up. And don't call us tarts. Would you like to sing the song with the partridge in a pear tree? (laughs) No, but I like the partridge family. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week on Smart Dribble. And we will continue to throw darts at the dartboard to pick out new topics. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Kurt, who is not a worrywart, and I will be back next week with another brand new episode of Smart Drivel. Until then, to all of our fellow Earthlings, we wish you a great week. Thank you all very much. Bye. Bye.